Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So today I want to talk about an American staple, one that exemplifies you know, perseverance, innovation, and most importantly, deliciousness. Mm. So today I want to talk about McDonald's and how it became a fast food giant. Um, and also it offers, this is going to be a weird one, McDonald's has offered more nutrition to people for a cheaper price than ever before in history. So more people are able to get the nutrition they need from McDonald's. I got to be honest, when you say nutrition and McDonald's in the same sentence, uh, I kind of scratch my head a little bit. In fact, I think <laughs> most people associate more with like junk food and unhealthy eating, right? Right. And don't get me wrong. Eating McDonald's every day is probably not going to be the best thing for you. But, you know, people maybe like you and I can afford to go to the store and afford to get vegetables. But for people who live in extreme poverty, being able to go buy a 99 cent burger is has been, you know, a lifesaver for them. It's keeping them mm. alive. But And because of business innovation and the mindset and its ability to franchise across not just America, but across the globe, it's been able to make itself the cheapest and most nutritious food that has ever existed in human history. So when we talk about people say things are getting worse, McDonald's of all things is kind of proof that things are getting a little better. And, and just to define one of the words that you gave in there, because it may be new to our audience, franchise, when you franchise a business, uh, you basically replicate it, uh, you you copy it. And and so I might create a brand new restaurant and then I'll franchise it, meaning I will let other business owners use my logo, use my brand, my recipes, and they will kind of own it and run it, but it's all under the same kind of company and, and, uh, and brand that way. So that's franchising. When you see McDonald's all over the place, there's all kinds of different people who own the different you know, McDonald's. And it, this is a fun topic because it puts a different perspective on things. I know, I know some of the history behind the brand, but it's really interesting that it's uh, been so instrumental to help feed people who otherwise couldn't afford, you know, to get nice meals. They can at least get a lot of nutrition at a, at a cheap rate at a, something like a McDonald's. Yep. And since you know a little bit, you can help me tell the story. And for the parents out there, The Founder is an excellent movie, but not for kids. So if you know the kids are in bed, I highly recommend watching it. It's really good. But so let's start from the beginning. McDonald's was started by two brothers. And Connor, I'm going to let you guess what their last name was. What do you think? Was it, was? it Thompson? No. Oh, okay. It's probably it was McDonald's. probably McDonald's, right? It was probably McDonald's. So these two brothers lose their jobs after the Great Depression, which we talked about before, and and they noticed a, a local hot dog and root beer vendor stand that was doing great because even though people were suffering, they still had to eat, right? So they were spending, you know, I, I don't know how much it was, probably like a dime, maybe less, to get these two things. And there's a saying that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And these brothers decided to open a similar stand just miles away where they sold hot dogs and orange juice. Oh, that does not sound like an appetizing combination. I agree, mostly because I'm a huge root beer fan, but also like, like you said, <laughs> gross. I don't even know. But okay, back to the story. So the location, and this is where we get into, you know, trial and error. And we've talked about that a lot with entrepreneurship. The location of the brother's stand was not great. The business wasn't booming. A few towns away, it was. There was there was a lot of economic activity. So without the ability to buy a new stand, because remember, they're not rich, they decided to load the new one on a truck and move it, which was not – we see that happening all the day, like all the time now. I know I've been on the freeway and seen like houses on, on you know, big trucks. 
But um, so they started a new or they build their new stand, move it, not build it, sorry. And they started a, a barbecue joint. But they realized very quickly that the only things that were really selling were burgers, fries, and soda. So they tried to focus on specializing, which we've talked about before, on only three products. And this is actually a kind of an interesting example I think we see in a lot of success stories from entrepreneurs is, is this idea of specialization, right? Where when you identify something you're good at, and it's something that consumers or customers want, then that's what you focus on. And you you get really good at that, right? Like think of In-N-Out Burger, right? Mm-hmm. They have a very simple menu. They're not Denny's where they've got like, you know, 94 things on the menu. It's like, hey, we're really good at hamburgers. This is what we're known for. And, and then they can succeed. And everyone knows that's, you know, when you want a good burger, you can, I mean, there's obviously a lot of places, but In-N-Out has built a brand like that, McDonald's. Right. It sounds like they, they realized early on, like that specialization uh, principle is really important, especially when you're getting started as a business. Too. Yeah. And that helped them trim back on what they didn't need. Right. Because barbecue involves a, a bunch of different categories of meat. So back in the day, and this is what I find most fascinating, there weren't drive throughs. There were drive ins. And I think Sonic, if you have a Sonic near you, tries to follow this this kind of model. But it was people in roller skates that went from the the restaurant where the kitchen was to the car grabbing food and bringing it out to you. Now, this wasn't very efficient. um, So McDonald's changed that. Uh, But back in the day, people would park. Oh, no, no. Back in the first McDonald's, excuse me, people parked, walked up to the window and ordered their food. And this cut down on costs too because you didn't have to pay servers going back and forth. So it wasn't a drive-through yet, but it was a whole different model that people weren't used to. Well, I think drive-ins, they also, you know, brought food, uh, out on the actual dishes that was like really expensive sometimes people would just drive away with the the nice plate or you know whatever and so uh, mcdonald's as i recall they were the first to switch to uh, what are called disposable uh, products so you know just like paper right that you could just throw away when you're done so to deliver their food they would use disposable products um, so that they could take you know an existing model um, which in, involved, you know, transporting and, and, you know, kind of delivering this food, but then made it better, made it cheaper, made it make more sense, you know, kind of a hassle, right? If you're sitting there eating in your car on a nice plate that you have to then like call the person out to come get it and you have to wait for them, right? Instead, like, hey, let's just piece of trash, throw it in the trash and let's go. And so that's a, another good sign, I think, of entrepreneurship is identifying what's being done right now and just a, a little incremental, tiny little way that you can make it better. It can actually be a pretty revolutionary, successful business model. And one side note, too, drive-ins were actually associated with uh, like bad behavior because that's where high schoolers would go on dates and, and listen to their loud music and hang out. And so they were not family-friendly places. So that's what McDonald's did that as well. But one thing that was their own idea, and this is this is where McDonald's is to, to me just amazing, the speed. Drive-ins took forever. I mean, you could be waiting for 20 minutes. Um, McDonald's brought what was, you know, a 20-minute thing down to 30 seconds, and and that's where fast food was born. And there's a scene in the movie where uh, Michael Keaton orders his burger, and they give it right to him. And he's like, what is this? They're like, it's your burger. And he's like, no, like, I just ordered. They're like, yeah, exactly. The, the the fact that it's so fast, I mean, is really just brilliant. Like we've all been to a restaurant. We know how long it takes to wait for food. And even sometimes burgers can make 20 minutes. So when you trim the the time down like that, I think one of the brothers went you know onto a tennis court and kind of drew out a yep. model of what would become the new restaurant. Like, okay, here's where the fryer would be. Here's where the refrigerator would be. Here's where people are going to stand. And, the, and they're like mapping it out on this tennis court to try and 
look at just the flow of all the employees who hands one thing off to the next where does the burger kind of travel on as journey of getting cooked and then going to a bun and then getting wrapped and the condiments and so forth and so that planning right of just looking at it at a high level trying to figure out the most efficient way to to do the burgers to do the fries right it's this production line in in a sense but each area of the store had to focus on its one little specialized uh concept they even you know would create these little gadgets in order to put the toppings on like you know the mustard on multiple burgers at once rather than like squirting and squirting and squirting one it's like hey if i could do like six at once right have a little grid of three and three and a little machine that would go boink okay, great, you're saving like five to 10 seconds. But when you're doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of burgers a day, 365 days of the year or whatever, right? That adds up. And it's it was that relentlessness of finding every little area to shave off, to make it quick, to increase the, the customer satisfaction, to decrease the cost, which you could then pass those cost savings on to the customer by lowering the price of the burger. Uh, these were substantial innovations that uh, made everything better and, and really kind of served as a model for uh, a lot of people to uh, imitate. As you said earlier, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, you know, McDonald's in that sense was flattered to a great degree because people soon learn like, hey, this model uh, works to us today in 2021. It just seems you know, simple, but, but these were brand new ideas back in the 1950s where, you know, entrepreneurs were saying, how do we take something that's already happening and build upon it to make it even better and change it so that the customer is happier, the cost is lower. And these were, I think, really important innovations. Yeah. And there's a family friendly clip that I'll include in the show notes where it actually shows the employees running drills on that tennis court, like to get, you know, the, the thing perfected. And you might scoff when I say that these burgers were as cool as Elon Musk building rockets. But for one, I love burgers. I'm a burger enthusiast. And second, you know, same as Elon Musk, the brothers wanted to be the best at their craft. And I mean, they basically invented the fast food genre. One part of the history I thought is uh, funny is you know, people didn't know how to react. Like every time there's a new technology or a new way of doing things, <laughs> Brittany, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on you uh, a, a little bit here just for fun because it relates. Like you and I are using this this software right now to record and they just changed it on us. The whole design I'm is- not happy. <laughs> yeah. And you and I were just talking about before recording, like, oh, we got to learn like where the new buttons are and what does this do, right? And so uh, I, I think that relates. That's just part of kind of the the human condition, right? Like people are like, they resist change. You know, when, when bicycles came out, right? People were terrified. I mean, of bicycles, there were all these like news clippings of how there were going to be all these problems and everything, right? The camera comes out, right? The internet, all the cars, all these things, cell phones. And so when McDonald's asked people to get out of their cars instead of driving up to the drive-in, you know, there were some angry people. And, and when they're asked to eat out of a bag, Right. Instead of on dishes, they're they're angry again. And, and so it's that resistance to change um, that you've got to be a really committed entrepreneur to stick with that, because you might say, well, that's customer feedback. They clearly want to eat on plates. And so we should continue plates. But then you got like the Steve Jobs of the world. Right. The, the co-founder of Apple, where his his mentality would be, you know, customers don't always know what they want. They don't always know what's good for them. And it's our job to think of how their life can be better and encourage them to make that transition through the change. Like think of Apple, right? Every time over, over the years, they've always got like when they got rid of the CD drive in computers, 
People were upset. What do you mean we can't use CDs anymore? Well, who uses a CD anymore today, <laughs> right? You know, and 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 on phones, like, oh, we have to use Bluetooth. You're getting rid of the earphone jack. Like all the time over the years, they've always kind of done things that disrupt what we're used to. But then looking back, it's like, oh, well, yeah, like it's inevitable that we're transitioning away from CDs or from firewire cables or from, you know, old USB into the new USB. And so sometimes as an entrepreneur, like the, the takeaway for me is that you have to be careful about listening to your customers because, because, because of their fears and their resistance to change, right? They might trap you into the current way of doing things just because that's what they're used to and what they prefer. When in fact, there may be a better way of doing things that you have to kind of lead them through. And I, I see that in the McDonald's story where there was that resistance to, you know, eating out of a bag and walking up to the, the teller. But, but now like it, it just totally revolutionized kind of the way things are done. Now, Connor, I want you to introduce another character, and this guy could be seen as hero or villain, which you talked about in another podcast, um, and he is not a McDonald's brother, but I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about a man named Ray Kroc. So, uh, okay, so this guy, Ray, he he sees, um, you know, that there's this opportunity. He's, he's, he's kind of the business guy, right? The, the brothers had uh, tried to do these franchises. They had tried to kind of start uh, some additional things, but Ray was this uh this kind of ideas man this businessman and and he's traveling the country this sales guy right this this long stretches of highway people are driving all over the place and so he's wondering like why why isn't this restaurant franchising and attracting even more customers but he's he's the salesman right the brothers are like not convinced and so he's trying to sell them and they reluctantly agreed to eventually working with him and franchising and and so he ends up kind of changing a lot of things right he really wanted to streamline things he wanted to, you know, change the the brand. He wanted to make a bunch of different changes. And the brothers think it like this is your baby, right? This mm -hmm. is like your restaurant. And so there's a lot of resistance. Uh, even it's kind of funny, right? Here's the McDonald's guys who are leading their customers uh, through new changes because they're resistant to change. And, and so they kind of get it from that side. But then here comes Ray Kroc, who's like, no, we got to do all these things different in the business. And so then the brothers, you know, are kind of resistant. Uh, and, but but, you know, Ray Kroc is a guy who's helping really scale the, the business. He's, he's looking for even more efficiencies. He's wanting to export this idea, you know, across the country um, and, and make a lot of changes. And so he's kind of the guy that, that comes in early on and helps really grow the business beyond what the brothers had been able to do. And just as kind of an ending to the story, even though Ray Kroc was brilliant, I mean, he's the reason that you could go to Israel, you can go to China and you can still find a McDonald's like that's that's pretty incredible. But he did do some shady things. He ended up kind of, well, not kind of, he ended up stealing the company from the brothers. So there were some shady things that happened there. In fact, at the end of the brothers' life, I think they were, they only had like $1 million, which I know is a lot to people like you and I. But when you look at how much money McDonald's made over the long run, that's nothing. So there were, there were some shady practices, but that is not, you know, the moral of this story. The moral of the story is, McDonald's made fast food, right? It invented the genre and Ray Kroc, for all his faults, expanded this. And I mean, this is the reason we can go to In-N-Out when it's snowing and not have to get out of our car, right? We can go to McDonald's. <laughs> so I, I think that's pretty incredible. I don't know, Connor, do you have any closing thoughts on that? No, I, I, I think you're right. Like all entrepreneurs, in fact, in our Tuttle Twins Guide to Inspiring Entrepreneurs, there's plenty of uh, people in that book who did things that I disagree with who made choices that I think were wrong. I mean, Steve Jobs, who I mentioned, was in many respects an awful human being. <laughs> um, 
and 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 as a as like a person you know he had a lot of faults i mean just the story with with his daughter you know yeah. like he was a, a, a not a good dude in many respects and yet in the business side he's like this visionary and and, and so to a previous episode right you can be a hero and a villain kind of in different respects at the same time i, I think that plays out here too with ray he did a lot of smart things uh the brothers did a lot of smart things it's really interesting to see in the early days of mcdonald's how entrepreneurship was making things better and how people were having to just go along for the ride get over their discomfort and eventually we're like hey no we actually like this model better we like not having to wait we like not having to pay for a lot of money we don't have to necessarily agree with all the business or personal decisions that people like ray or others make along the way to still appreciate the the lessons in entrepreneurship and the the examples that we can see in stories like this and 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 the the ideas that can give us in our own lives about what are the inefficiencies, what are the problems that if we could solve them, we could build a business around that. There's just a lot of good examples and inspiration, I think, to to draw from uh, from that. And so, as Brittany mentioned, guys, you can head to the show notes page, tuttletwins.com slash podcast. We'll have some resources there for this episode. And, uh, and, 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 and make sure as well that you've got the Tuttle Twins Guide to Inspiring Entrepreneurs. You can find those at tuttletwins.com slash products. Uh, to be reading stories of entrepreneurship and be learning these lessons for our own life. Brittany, great topic. And as always, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.